let us pray. In him we have our redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Ephesians 1, 7. Dear Heavenly Father, with hearts full of gratitude we approach your throne of grace, acknowledging the immense love you have shown us. In your Son we have redemption. We thank you, Lord, for this divine act of redemption. Your mercy is beyond our comprehension, and your grace abounds more than our transgressions. We are forever indebted to the sacrifice made on the cross, where love was displayed in its purest form. May your Spirit empower us to live out our faith boldly and unashamedly. Guide our thoughts, words, and actions to be pleasing in your sight. Help us to extend your grace to others as a testament to your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for praying with me today. Stay tuned now for another episode of Stories of the Messiah with Rabbi Schneider. Ruth and Naomi's life had been marked with hardship. Their husbands had passed, and tragedy prompted them to leave Moab and venture back to Naomi's hometown of Bethlehem. Naomi, sullen and filled with grief, refused to speak to anyone but her sweet daughter-in-law, Ruth. Ruth, quiet yet strong, knew if her and Naomi were going to survive, she had to work. She gleaned in the fields of a landowner known for his generosity, Boaz. Ruth ventured to Boaz's fields, laboring tirelessly under the merciless sun to provide for herself and her mother-in-law. Loyalty propelled her forward, devotion strengthened her arms, but hard work would only last so long. Naomi and Ruth needed more if they were going to survive, someone to pay their debts and restore their dignity. They needed a redeemer. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Stories of the Messiah podcast. I'm your guide through this journey, Rabbi Schneider from Discovering the Jewish Jesus. If you've been following this podcast and found it a blessing, follow and subscribe so you never miss an episode. And remember to download Pray.com to hear the Bible come to life. This season of Stories of the Messiah is called Jesus the Greater. We have been traversing the peaks and valleys of the Bible's greatest stories. Stories of tragedy, triumph, faith, and failure. Each episode has showcased a different biblical hero whose life ultimately points to the greatest hero of all, Jesus. We have learned how Jesus is the greater Adam, Cain, Noah, Abraham, Jacob, Isaac, Joseph, Moses, Joshua, and Samson. Now we are turning our attention to a more humble hero, someone who quietly and faithfully extended a hand of love, provision, and redemption to someone in need. The story of Boaz is typically eclipsed by the bravery, devotion, and loyalty of Ruth. Her inner strength and love toward her mother-in-law reflect Christ. However, Boaz also played a crucial role in the biblical narrative. Amid tragedy, he acted as a picture of redemption, hearkening to a greater redeemer. Let's immerse ourselves now in a cinematic retelling of Ruth and Boaz's love story. Boaz made his usual rounds amongst the laborers, blessing them with a large, genuine smile and words of goodwill. 
he assessed the needs of his workers, determining who needed any extra assistance. It was late in the day as he walked down the amber valleys of grain. In the golden rays of dusk, his eyes landed on Ruth, who was standing aloof from the other women. He watched her work harder than the others, and with more desperation, he pulled aside his overseer and asked, Who's that new woman working by herself? That, sir, is Ruth, the overseer replied. The young Moabite who returned with Naomi. She's been toiling relentlessly since dawn. She works to provide for her and her mother-in-law. Boaz, struck by Ruth's determination, yet concerned about her solitude, decided to approach her. Shalom, Boaz said with a smile. His voice was deep and comforting. I am Boaz. I am Ruth, she replied. I have come to glean for me and Naomi. Is that all right? Ruth's gentle voice was deceiving, for Boaz could tell that there was a deep strength within her. He nodded and replied, Of course, Ruth. Do not glean in any other field. Keep close to the other women, and they'll show you how to get the most out of the reaping. I will command the other young men to stay away from you. When you are thirsty, they will give you a drink. There was a long pause. Boaz took a single step forward and said, You are safe here, he reassured. As Boaz spoke, Ruth was overcome with emotion. She held back tears and bowed to Boaz in gratitude. Why have I found so much favor in your eyes? She asked with a quivering voice. I am a foreigner. You do not know me. Boaz gently lifted Ruth up to her feet and stepped back. I heard what you did for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. I pray that the Lord would repay you for your kindness and that a full reward would be given to you by the God of this land. It is under him you take refuge, not me. You are very kind, Boaz, Ruth replied. She wiped a single tear from her eye and smiled. I have found favor in your eyes, and for that I am comforted. You speak kindly to me even though I am not part of your household. Boaz nodded and left. He also allowed her to have an extra portion for her and Naomi, unbeknownst to Ruth. As she observed Boaz's kindness towards all his workers, her heart began to warm towards him. As the sun dipped below the horizon, Ruth returned home to Naomi with her day's gleanings and Boaz's gifts. Naomi, surprised by Ruth's fortune, asked about her benefactor. Ruth replied, all the while focused on the grains on the table. It was Boaz. Naomi looked at Ruth with twinkling eyes. God bless Boaz. He is our kinsman. She brought her daughter in closer and smiled, saying, More importantly, he is kinsman redeemer, a protector appointed by our family. Boaz was an appointed member of the tribe, with the ability to settle debts on behalf of the impoverished, or marry a widow in need of a family. Ruth kept this in mind, and over the ensuing weeks continued to work in Boaz's fields, growing more and more secure under his protection, as both of them stole glances and slowly warmed up to one another. One evening, Ruth washed her hair, put on fresh clothes, and departed gleefully to the threshing floor where people were winnowing the barley. She worked and laughed alongside Boaz and the rest of the workers. The entire house ate together afterwards, and the people began to retreat to their beds to sleep. Boaz was the last to leave the dining hall. He stumbled around the candlelit room and rested his eyes on a heap of grain. Ruth gracefully walked over to the foot of where Boaz lay. Slowly and with great care, she uncovered the blanket from Boaz's feet. Boaz opened his eyes and sat up immediately. I am your servant, Ruth, 
she whispered. Please spread your wings over me as a kinsman redeemer. Her heart was beating fast, and her hands sweat slightly out of nervousness. Boaz was known as a kinsman redeemer. In those days, kinsman redeemers could marry a widow in place of a deceased relative in order to take care of her. Ruth was truly asking if Boaz would want to become her husband. Boaz's smile could be seen in the dim candlelight. Do not fear and take heart, because everyone knows you are worthy and a beautiful woman, Boaz replied. It could not be seen in the night, but Ruth was blushing. Boaz took her hand and said, I will redeem you, Ruth. The two of them smiled at each other, with only a dim candle and the crescent moon shining on their faces. Ruth lay there at his feet until morning. Boaz sent her off with more barley for her and Naomi, and then Ruth left early so no one would see her, lest Boaz lose his honor. With the permission of the other kinsman redeemer, Ruth and Boaz were wed within months, and their love blossomed along with springtime flowers. The love bore a son, Obed. Obed would bear a son named Jesse, and Jesse would be the father of a young shepherd boy named David, the future king of Israel. Dozens of books to be written to capture the story of Ruth and Boaz. Their union came at the perfect time for Ruth who couldn't be on the threshing floor forever. She and Naomi needed a kinsman redeemer. Now, what is a kinsman redeemer, you ask? The law of Moses gives us insight into this noble position. The term kinsman redeemer is derived from the Hebrew term goel. The concept is part of Israel's family law and has several implications. The first is land redemption. In ancient Israel, land was considered a vital part of a person's identity and heritage. If a person fell into severe poverty, they might have to sell their land. A kinsman redeemer could intervene to buy back or redeem the land and keep it within the family as prescribed in Leviticus 25.25. If one of your fellow Israelites becomes poor and sells some of their property, their nearest relative is to come and redeem what they have sold. Secondly, the kinsman redeemer was an avenger of blood. This means they had the right to pursue and kill someone who had killed their relative, thus avenging the relative's blood as per Numbers 35.19. Kinsman redeemers had to be brave with strong convictions and an ability to enact justice. The third role of the kinsman redeemer was redemption of slavery. If an Israelite became so poor that he had to sell himself into slavery, a relative could redeem him by buying him back. We know this from Leviticus 25, 47 through 49. The final role of a kinsman redeemer was something called liberate marriage. If a man died without having a son, his brother or nearest male relative was to marry the widow and produce a son who would carry on in the dead man's name, ensuring the lineage would not die out. Deuteronomy 25, 5 and 6. This is what Boaz provided for Ruth. The ultimate goal of the kinsman redeemer was to protect and provide for the vulnerable members of their family and to preserve the land and lineage within the family. Yet we see the kinsman redeemer as something even greater, a picture of a greater redeemer and foreshadowing of Christ. If you are passionate about knowing more about the ways that the law of Moses connects us to Christ, visit us at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. Now let's enter into the story of Christ, 
where Jesus visits a widow bereaved of her son. Jesus embarked on a journey to the humble town of Nain, a large crowd of followers trailing behind him. As he made his entrance into the obscure town, observers watched in puzzled fascination. Nain was a town forgotten by time, insignificant and irredeemable. What good could happen in Nain? Upon his arrival, Jesus was met with a solemn procession emerging from the town's gates. Adorned in mourning garments, the townspeople bore a young man on a bed, the only son of a widow. His life went too soon, leaving his widowed mother with no one to care for her. Jesus' compassionate gaze fell upon the bereaved woman. Her grief was a sad sight, one that stirred deep wells of compassion within him. Jesus approached and cradled the woman in his arms, offering comfort amidst her sorrow. His disciples looked in silence, puzzled as to what Jesus would do next. Do not weep, he consoled. His voice was deep and comforting. Drawing himself away from the grieving woman, Jesus approached the pallbearers. His hands came to rest on the cold body of the young man. Young man, he murmured, I command you, arise. Immediately, the young man's chest began to rise and fall with the rhythm of life. A shiver of holy awe spread amongst the onlookers as they witnessed the once lifeless young man rise and stride towards his mother. She collapsed into his embrace, her tears of grief transforming into rivers of ecstatic joy. With a gentle smile playing on his lips, Jesus watched their joyous reunion. Then, beckoning to his disciples, he led them away from Nain. Jesus looked upon the widow with compassion and love. The revival of her son meant redemption from a life of struggle and heartache. Yet he knew that there was a greater redemption needed. The entire world needed a resurrection from death, redemption from sin, darkness, and despair. The widow in this story found herself in a similar situation to Naomi and Ruth. Bereaved and without a husband or son as a covering, this childless widow would have been doomed to a life of servitude or worse. That's just how it was back then. However, Jesus redeemed her by bringing her son back to life. And he does the same thing for you and I. If we look again at the role of the kinsman redeemer, we see Jesus fulfills all of those things for us. When we were indebted to sin, Jesus paid our penalty through his blood. Jesus is our avenger and the protector of our souls. When we were slaves to our sins, Jesus paid for us and made us free. And finally, when we were loveless and without any hope, Jesus gave us a promise of redemption. He calls us his bride because we, like Ruth, have been redeemed. In all these ways, we are confident that Jesus is the ultimate Kingsman Redeemer. Jesus is the greater Boaz. Boaz has even more significance than his role as a Kingsman Redeemer. You see, he and Ruth had a son named Obed. Obed was the father of a herder in Bethlehem named Jesse. Jesse's youngest son would grow up to be a shepherd, poet, musician, giant slayer, commander, exile, and king. Join us next time for the long-awaited episode, Jesus is the Greater David. Are you interested in further exploring the presence of Jesus in the Old Testament? If so, head over to my website, discoveringthejewishjesus.com. Additionally, my latest book, Messianic Prophecy Revealed, 
seeing Messiah in the pages of the Hebrew Bible could offer valuable insights to you. You can obtain a copy of it at my website, discoveringthejewishjesus.com. If this episode blessed you, be sure to follow and subscribe so you'll never miss a single episode. And remember to download pray.com to hear even more great stories and make prayer a priority in your life.